Hey everyone, it's Devin Boss at the ETF Institute. Today, my guest is the Managing Director of Armada ETF Advisors, Mr. David Auerbach. Armada just launched their first ETF, the Home, Appreci the Home Appreciation US RE ETF on March 1st of this year. And David, uh, with investors uh, searching for yield uh, with the current in uh, inflationary environment that we have going on, I, th I think that REITs are a very timely uh, subject. So, so thank you for your time today. Devin, thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. So let's uh, level set everybody. Can so you just go over uh, or give a brief general overview of what a REIT is, uh, maybe the types and, and so forth? Sure. Great question. REITs are everywhere. You can't go a minute in your life every single day without interacting with a REIT in some form or fashion. Think about it. Did you go to Starbucks or Dunkin' Donuts this morning and get a cup of coffee? Have you gone to CVS or Walgreens recently and picked up a prescription? What about going to the grocery store? Have you gone and picked up any groceries recently? Well, all of these properties are owned by REITs. A REIT is basically a tax structure vehicle that is, for us, publicly traded companies that own direct real estate investments. There's many different types of REITs. There's office REITs that are comprised of office buildings, apartment REITs, self-storage REITs, manufactured housing, malls, shopping centers, student housing like dorms towers like your cell phones data centers industrial properties there's a REIT basically for all types of properties and basically a REIT class for every single type of investor so can you get into the dividend side of of REITs themselves so uh, like, like i mentioned uh, in in my intro that right now uh, there are a lot of investors that are reaching for yield uh, so can you speak to that specific subject on REITs REITs are the most unique vehicle on Wall Street when it comes to the form of dividends and that the REITs are structured whereby 90% of the taxable income, if not 100% of it, is paid out to shareholders in the form of ordinary dividends. What this basically means is that shareholders are really getting an extra what I call bonus in their pocket on top of the stock appreciation should the stock go up. REITs are known for their dividend structures. And REITs typically pay a higher dividend average than your average Wall Street company. Two things to make of this. First of all, this is why management teams own so many shares of stock of the underlying companies that they manage. Think about it. If the company does well, the value goes up, the dividend payout goes up, which means the management team is receiving that extra added bonus as well from the higher dividends. Part two, REITs are really based off of the 10-year treasury. If you go back around before the you know COVID, not right now in this post-Russia-Ukraine situation, but right now we're the 10 years, let's say, between a 1.75 and a 2%. REITs on average have about a 35 to 4% yield on average, according to NARI. That's the National Association of Real Estate Investment Trusts. So you're getting paid anywhere from, let's say, 150 to 200 basis points on average more to own real estate than own the fixed income proxy. Then if you play into the preferred market, if you like preferred stocks and you play the REIT preferred, you could probably add an extra 100 to 200 basis points on top of that. So really REIT preferreds versus 10 years, you can be getting, like I said, about 400 basis points in your pocket of owning those type of vehicles. So talk to me about how COVID and the work from home environment and other factors have affected the REIT industry maybe over the last uh, two to three years. Yeah, this is, this is just the great conundrum right here. The two biggest REIT ETFs that are out there are VNQ and IYR. 
and VNQ and IY are exposed to all of those sectors that we've discussed. Well, think about what happened during COVID. You know, that was when the work from home trade was on. So result, you saw the companies like uh, the data center REITs, that sell tower REITs and the industrial REITs because people were shopping online from Amazon and Walmart and all these websites. Those types of companies were doing very well, whereas the office buildings, the mall properties, the hotels, these were the properties that were really affected by what was happening during COVID. So what happened, if you're in a VNQ and an IYR type situation and you're waiting for quarterly rebound to come around and turn around the portfolio, guess what? After the rebalance, you were still invested in offices, hotels, and apartments. Now, granted, some of those sectors did come back towards the back half of COVID. We still haven't quite seen that full recovery in some of those sectors as we're hoping. But for those that are looking for that thematic play, you know, VNQ and IYR, those, those basic REIT industry type ETFs were not really where the return was at. So let's discuss your fund a little bit. So I mentioned in the intro that it's the Home Appreciation US RE ETF, ticker symbol HAUS. Um, so this focuses on residential REITs. So can you give us some insight to why this is the route that you took? Yeah, this is this is the whole why we jumped into this was because of what we're seeing in the housing market. Last night, there was a great story. Uh, last night, March 20th, of uh, 2022, just for calendar purposes. There was a great story on 60 Minutes last night talking about the huge housing supply demand imbalance that we're seeing in the country right now. As a result, most, if not all, prospective home buyers are getting shut out of the housing market. When you think about the number of people that are bidding on properties across the country to buy that home, and unless you're coming to the table with money above the offer price and ready to sit down and play ball, you're being shut out of the housing market. So what does that mean? As a result, you have to find alternative methods of housing, such as multifamily apartment properties, single family rentals and manufactured housing. You may not care about what's happening with Tesla. You may not care about what's happening with Bitcoin, but the roof that's above your head when you go to sleep every single night is the most important decision that you make. And we have headlines right now talking about the Russia-Ukraine situation, oil prices going up, which means it's costing you more to fill up your gas every single day at the pump. That's fine. Your discretionary spending is going down. But what does your landlord say on April 1st when your rent is due? Where's my rent check? And so, again, we feel that you're six minutes old, fresh out of the womb or 106 years old, taking your last dying breath. This roof is most important decision. And thus, real estate is a personal connection that we have with every single investor. Part two of this, because of our sectors that we're playing, we're focusing on all the age demographics of the housing sector in that you grow up and you live in your parents' house. You graduate, you graduate high school and you move into a dorm at a college. After you graduate college, you move into your first apartment or you move into your second apartment with your buddies or you move into your third apartment with your girlfriend or fiance. And from there, then you hopefully buy a home. But if based on what we're seeing right now, with no starter homes available across the country, go out and rent your home. And let's say you live in places like New York and Chicago and Los Angeles, you may rent your entire life without ever achieving the home ownership dream. And then finally, once you achieve a certain age, then you move into the senior housing properties. And so we're trying to single residential sector across the life demographic, the life cycle, 
And therefore, knowing that we continue to get older and older, that millennial generation is getting older, we really feel like the senior housing side of it's where it's really going to come into shine over the next, you know, long term 25, 50 years, where we're really going to see a big revitalization of one particular subsector that's out there. So talk to me about some of the uh, holdings in the fund itself. So I just want to note, I believe it is a fairly concentrated fund under 30 holdings currently. Um, just can you highlight a couple of companies and then uh, you know, maybe, um, you know, it, will, the, will the holdings in this fund fluctuate based on based on research or based on just uh, changes over time? So that's a great question. As you mentioned, we do have a very small universe of names. If, you, if I was launching a cybersecurity fund, I would have a couple of thousand names to choose from. If I was launching a financial ETF, I'd again have a couple of thousand names to choose from. But as the only active pure play residential REIT ETF product that's on the market, we're between 25 and 30 names. So to answer your question, because we're the only active fund, I've assembled um, a 150-year experienced REIT industry team comprised of uh, REIT portfolio managers, buy-side portfolio managers, a retired sell-side analyst, as well as a retired CEO. And what we're able to do is basically take all the results from the companies, the economic data releases coming from the government, articles from Zillow and Redfin, or like that 60 Minutes interview from last night as an example, and we can thus then properly weight the portfolio accordingly. So to answer your question, you know, a couple of names that we, you know, are focused towards would be like some of the Sunbelt Department REITs, names like Mid-America, MAA, or Camden Property Trust, CPT. These are two large Sunbelt Department REITs with big exposure, you know, based on the relocation, what we saw during COVID, where people were leaving the coast and moving towards the Sunbelt, or corporate relocations away from California to Texas because of no income tax as an example these were some of the companies that benefited like i said the three um the companies that were mentioned this thing on this uh, 60 minutes interview were three single family rental reits that do happen to be part of our portfolio In invitation homes american homes for rent amh an invitation is invh and tricon residential the ticker of that one is tcn so what we're trying to do is again take advantage of where the people are moving what property types they're moving into and thus be proactive so that when the companies announce earnings and say, here's what we're seeing, here's where the trends are going, we can get ahead of that or be right in tune with that so that when the next quarter of earnings rolls out and the company says, you know, we told you how good things are going, here's the actual results. And we could say, we were right there with you. We were right there with you, you know, two months ahead before you guys made this official. So. To answer your question, for what we were at with our 150-year experience team, we positioned the portfolio to overweight single-family rentals, manufactured housing, and Sunbelt apartments, while underweighting the coastal apartment name, and then also at the time underweighting senior housing, just because that's where COVID was really running rampant when everything started out. That's where most of the worst headlines were happening. But really, again, senior housing is a much, much bigger play than what we're really seeing the strength of right now. Again, in some of these Sunbelt apartments and single family rentals, where some of these guys are reporting double digit rent increases year over year. So you alluded to the uh, current situation in the U.S. housing market here uh, during the, the intro. Um, what is your projection or where do you see the REIT market going over the next maybe two, three, five years? You know, the REITs themselves have just expanded dramatically 
think about over the past couple of years, we've seen a whole proliferation of new sectors like cannabis REITs. And again, the, the growth of tower REITs is an example. So the question is, what's the next sector to come down the road? You know, I don't know the answer to that. If I did, I'd be on my G5 on the way to Fiji today. But obviously, you know, we know that there's more sectors that are coming to market. We know that there's more companies that are converting to a public REIT status. You know, we are seeing there are many different types of REITs that are out there. There's public REITs, there's private REITs, there's the non-traded. You know, you have guys like Blackstone, which are massive. They have these big, huge non-traded vehicles. You know, so we do see more of these REIT products come to market. Frankly, from where I sit, because the population continues to get older, REITs continue to provide that safety, stability, and income that investors are looking for. Pretty much it doesn't matter what Wall Street shop you walk into, whether it's J.P. Morgan, Bank of America, to the smallest RIA advisor in Nome, Alaska. Every firm has some kind of Wall Street allocation model that says 5 to 15% of the portfolio should be invested in REITs and real estate. We're not saying that this fund is the be-all, end-all answer to cover that 5 to 15%, but we feel from a thematic approach, it's a great way to play the strength of what's happening in this one particular industry. I will say that are a couple of good other REIT thematic ETF products that are out there, one of which is a net lease REIT ETF, NETL, which only focuses on, again, like those net lease companies that have exposure towards CVS, Walgreens, gas stations, McDonald's, fast food franchises. Again, because these are things that we're interacting with every single day. I would expect to see a more thematic REIT ETF type product coming to market. I wouldn't be surprised if we see, you know, somebody play just a, an apartment REIT type an ETF or, um, you know, we do have a couple of other ones like uh, there's an industrial REIT ETF. There's a couple of data center REIT ETFs that are out there. We did see a mall retail ETF product out there for a while. And so I think, again, as, as the population keeps getting older and we keep seeing on that hunt for income and dividends, I wouldn't be surprised to see more REIT ETF type products come to market. David, uh, this is excellent information and very timely, as I mentioned before. So if people want to learn more, where can they find you and your company? Sure. We can be found at armadaetfs.com, A-R-M-A-D-A-E-T-F-S.com. Okay. David, thank you so much for your time today. And uh, last shameless plug for, for the ETF Institute. Uh, if anyone out there is interested in learning more about ETFs, uh, please visit our website at theetfinstitute.org and consider pursuing your certified ETF advisor designation. David, thanks again for your time. Thank you, Devin. I appreciate it.